Hello, Kristen here. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to tell you that the antidote is a thing that's happening. It's a series of monthly gatherings that will help you return to your body and your being over and over again in the face of, you know, 2024, election insanity, climate change, global wars, your own personal stuff, other stuff. It's crazy out there. And it's easy to abandon yourself and freak out. The antidote is for bringing you home to yourself so that you can be safe in your being even when the world outside of you feels objectively unsafe. And because everybody's marketing at you and there's no reason for you to believe me, you can head to jointheantidote.com to grab a free recording of the first session that happened this week so you can feel it instead of thinking about it to see if it's a good match for you. That is jointheantidote.com. Scroll all the way down and you will see a place to pop your email address in and grab the recording. Welcome to episode four of the That's What She Said podcast. This is Should I Get a Real Job and Other Business Conundrums. So this is a a reader slash listener, I guess, question uh, who wanted to remain anonymous. And uh, she says, I'm considering ending my photography career and going back to corporate America. I never, ever thought I would say or think that, but I can't keep emotionally and mentally going through this monthly lose money and not get anywhere. I'm trying to do what I can and I only have so much money to do it with. I hate the thought of a corporate job, but the thought of a paycheck every week is very appealing right now. I don't know if you've ever been in this kind of place or experienced that the very life seemed like it was being sucked out of you because of something you thought was going to be enjoyable, but mentally and emotionally it's damaging me and to be truthfully honest has for a while. And I don't want to keep going through this. It's not helping me financially or in my head or heart. But have you been right there experiencing this same thing? In all caps. So the answer is yes. I have done this. And I will tell you stories. Continuing right now. First, a couple of things that I know about you. Just aside from answering this question. We're going to answer this question in a really roundabout way. Um, You have many gifts. And it isn't always easy to discern the best gifts from the so-so ones. So... I am good at math, okay? Like, good. Like, you take me to a stale, and it's one of those 40% off, and then you take 20% off, and you take an extra 10% off if you use the coupon, and I will know within 10 cents how much that thing is going to cost you at checkout. I'm good at math, but it's not one of my best gifts. I don't get off on it. I don't think that, oh my god, if I could just do calculus for the rest of my days, my life would be complete. No. I'm good at photography, but it's actually not one of my best gifts. And yes, I I had a photography studio and I got paid really well to do it. And the way that I know it's not one of my best gifts is I went to a workshop with a guy named John Canlis. Yes, we eventually ended up writing a book together. Uh, And he's amazing at what he does. And he, when he is teaching, there are good teachers and there are amazing teachers. And he is an amazing teacher. And if you ask him a question about film, he has inevitably answered that question 322 times. He has probably written about it. He has a movement about it called Film is Not Dead. And he just doesn't give a shit. He will answer that question again with no loss of enthusiasm because he fucking loves what he does. And he's amazing. He's an amazing artist. And there was this thought I had, which is, you know, I will never be as good at photography as he is. But he will never be as good at writing as I am. 
And so we joined forces to write a book about photography. But there's a moment where you're like, I'm just not, this is not one of my 90th percentile A-plus gifts. I'm really good at it. I can make money doing this. I can earn a living doing this. And it can feel right at the time. And then suddenly it doesn't feel right. And then, okay, even if it's your best gift, it's not your best gift at this moment. So you might be amazing at that thing you do, whatever it is you do right now. But that doesn't mean that it's the thing you have to do forever. And there doesn't have to be any guilt about acknowledging that this is actually, in this moment, not one of my best gifts. Also, and this is a thing that sort of no one talks about, business comes with a sidecar of shit that will never go away. So you will still have, no matter what, just by virtue of being in business, you will have to have client communications and inbox and an inbox and voicemails and you will have to have a marketing plan and promotions and accounting and bookkeeping. You will have to network. You will have to hand out your business cards. You will have to care about clients that are upset with you, even if they're upset for reasons that are far beyond the scope of what you're capable of handling or causing in the world, right? There is a sidecar of shit that will never go away. And no one talks about that because it's so much more glamorous to talk about somebody that made $6 million last month than it is to say, look, sometimes bookkeeping sucks dicks <laughs> and not in a fun way. And you're going to have to reconcile yourself to that is a part of it. This part where we just get to quote unquote, do what we love comes with this stuff. And there's no way around it because the IRS, there's just no way around it. So my suggestion, my way of handling it is to have a partner who handles it, is to say, okay, this is the type A stuff that makes me insane. I do not care about lowering my Starbucks budget in order to meet cash flow projections. Just tell me how much I have to earn to never have to have this conversation again. Um, so you can find someone to handle it, but if it's just you, 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 and only you, it's possible that you just can't stand the sidecar and that's okay. You don't have to own a business forever just because you started one. Further, it isn't easy to receive money for doing the work you love most. In many cases, it is not easy to receive money for doing the work you love most. So I decided a long time ago that you couldn't make any money writing, like when I was 20, getting a degree in English, a good time to decide that you can't make any money writing. I decided it wasn't possible, and so it wasn't, right? Because I was like, oh, I want to be a poet, only a poet, 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 poet. And I was like, well, what if, we keep writing, we keep these fundamental skills. Hermione's so excited about this point that she has to bark about it. We keep these fundamental skills, right? But we translate them just a bit so that I get to write poetry for fun and then I get paid to do writing, which is one of my A++ skills the rest of the time. Where I'm ghostwriting, I'm doing regular writing, I'm helping other people write. Whatever I'm doing, I'm writing. But if you decide you can't make any money doing it, you can't. And sometimes it's at a subconscious level. I don't deserve this. They don't know that I'm just a fraud. They don't know that this isn't working. They don't know. And so you're pushing money away when it's coming towards you, even as you're actively owning a business. So you're sabotaging yourself. You know if you respond to that client within an hour, they're much more likely to book than if you wait four days. And so you wait four days. Why? Because there's a self-sabotage to your very best gifts. You will undermine them. You will delay them. I delayed mine for five, six years of just like, oh, I'm going to do this and this and this and this. I'm going to tutor at a play at a super high end place where I have nothing to do with writing. I'm going to teach. I'm going to do all these things. And I mean, teach in a special ed facility where it wasn't really teaching. It was basically babysitting. Um, I'm going to do all these things to distract me from this fundamental gift that I have. So if you're distracting yourself from your fundamental gift, stop it 
or if you're just refusing to accept money for your fundamental gift, even though technically, yes, you accept transactions and you accept PayPal and you're doing the work, but there's something in you that's like, yeah, but I know, I know that some part of me is shutting this down. Just acknowledge that it isn't easy to receive money for doing the work you love most. It is an ongoing process because you will naturally want to step up and do it for free because it is so life-giving to you. That is an ongoing challenge. And I think that undergirds a lot of business owners' terrible, horrible thoughts about themselves. I'm doing this. I'm doing this and I'm so good at it. Why am I not making any money? Because you're self-sabotaging. Why am I self-sabotaging? Because this matters. And it's scary when it matters. Also, and even further deeper into this, your work does not have to be loud to be meaningful. You will see people pushing you to quote unquote do epic shit and make bigger, better, louder, louder, more obnoxious goals. If you have 10,000 subscribers, you need 40,000, clearly, right? You will hear people tell you that you deserve to reach millions or billions with your quote unquote message. I was with a group of Facebook uh, colleagues and I was like, actually with this rebrand, part of my point is to make the whole thing smaller. And they were like, why the fuck would you wanna make it smaller? Because when we go smaller, we can go an inch wide and a mile deep. When I'm talking to you one-on-one, -on -one, that shit is not scalable, right? It is not a good business decision to say, I will get rid of this product that I can sell independently of my time and talent, and instead I will do this work that feeds me in a way nothing else does. And yet, that is my most meaningful work. It's the work I'm called to again and again. It changes fucking lives, right? Your work does not have to be loud to be meaningful. And in a personal way, the guy who yells, you're beautiful at me when I run past and I'm sweaty and gross and I don't have any makeup on, he has done more for my self-esteem than every weight loss, weight loss book and program that I have ever seen or read. He sits at the cafe about four blocks from my house and he will consistently and constantly for every female that passes who is not clearly like holding the hand of a male, yell, you're beautiful and mean it. That is his work in the world. He's an old retired Italian guy, right? He doesn't get paid for that, but it is so touching and meaningful. It doesn't have to be loud. It can be telling people they're beautiful. That's fine. Um, the work I do when I'm not like here dropping F-bombs and educational materials is actually really quiet. It's just two people getting on the phone or meeting in person. And then I ask question after question after question until we reach a deep truth of some kind and we make a plan from there. Deep truths don't come with jazz hands. They often make you say, oh shit, or this is gonna ruin everything, or I sort of hate you right now. That's a deep truth. That's what I do. That's where all the meaning and the juice comes from. Further, I'm assuming you have these horrible, terrible thoughts that will not go away. So from this same listener, she says, why aren't I, the thoughts, right? Why aren't I getting any business? Do I suck and did I make a mistake by going and quote unquote doing what I love? And pretty soon if I don't get business, I won't have money to buy food, pay my bills or rent kind of thoughts. I put on a happy face, but internally, mentally and emotionally, I'm going through a roller coaster ride in hell. People don't understand if you share it. They don't want to be judged or called a failure or weak if they do share it. It's a constant battle to keep going, to keep pushing, and to keep it up. That's what I'm telling you. It is a constant battle to keep going, to keep pushing, and to keep it up. We all have those thoughts. 
right? We all have the like, this is going off the rails and it's horrible. Even if things are good, we are fundamentally terrified they're going to go off the rails tomorrow and then it will be horrible and you won't be able to do the things you want to do. Sometimes these are legitimate fears, like it is not working. I have not booked a client or sold a thing in a week or two weeks or three weeks. And sometimes you're moving through this resistance of like, oh God, this is just so hard and why when I sit down to do this do I just go on Facebook every fucking day? Because you're working through resistance with a capital R. No matter what, it's hard. It's not going to stop being hard. Even when you have enough money in the bank, there will be some other terrible, horrible thought that will haunt you, I promise. It's just the nature of your brain to be an asshole. So I'm going to sidestep that issue entirely and tell you that your work, whatever it is you do in the world, if you're listening, is holy. So I have this moment last week. I'm in Laguna Beach. I'm at this really cool business conference. And I have a religious background, meaning there's a shit ton of baggage there. And this guy says, you know, I just want to apologize to you if you've ever been in a church service and you've had to pray for missionaries who are doing the work of God because their work is holy. Because it makes every other thing in the world that is not being a missionary or serving the orphans or Mother Teresa-ing life unholy. It sets apart that this is what God's people do and this is what everyone else on earth is stuck doing. And sorry, you're an accountant, so fuck you. That is not the The point is we need all of these people. If you're doing work, it is holy. We need people to work in the bank because we need a place for our money to go. Otherwise, anarchy and horrible things happen, right? We need someone to work at McDonald's because at some point, we people, we creative people get really hungry. We need sustenance and we need it now. And we go through a McDonald's drive through and get a milkshake. We need people to make art because when we are crying on the bathroom floor and we look up at that painting, for just a second, we remember that it's not all terrible, right? We need people to give us massages because we have been sitting at a computer for the last God knows how many days in a row and we are tired. We need people to make photographs because tell me a photograph doesn't matter the day after a woman's son has died. We need people to teach us to make paintings because there is some alchemical thing that happens when we paint and when we make and when we create. We need someone to do our landscaping because we don't have time for it, but when the roses bloom, we understand that life matters. We need someone to make us good, wholesome foods because we sometimes just don't have the energy for that. We need someone to grow our food because otherwise we end up eating Cheetos for dinner. Your work, whatever it is in the world, regardless of your religious beliefs, is holy. There is not a hierarchy of holy and not holy. It is all holy. Whether you go back to your corporate job or not, your work is holy. And finally, I truly believe that you are where you're supposed to be in this moment. And the question is, do you see that? This moment is trying to teach you something. This moment is trying to, it could be trying to get rid of an aspect of your life. It could be trying to add another aspect to it. What is life trying to show you? And the more urgent the message, the more likely you are to have jazz hands around it. A nagging feeling, a creeping suspicion, that thing you feel compelled to do, but you always talk yourself out of because it quote unquote doesn't make any sense. Start there. The universe whispers, and then it talks, and then it shouts, and if you still don't listen, you are going to end up with a disaster on your hands. 
and that's an Oprahism slash every religious philosophy slash every philosophy ever sort of a thing. It's sort of a universal truth that the, that you're getting messages all the time and you're either ignoring them or you're not. And it could be that you're just being nudged to stop ignoring something. So if you would do me the great honor of closing your eyes for about a minute. Here we go. I'm going to end this sucker. So just imagine that you are in the calmest, safest place you know, whatever that looks like. Just close your eyes and go there and feel it. Really feel it. You feel warm. You feel so safe and you feel loved in this place. And just imagine that with my voice, I'm just coming over to talk and I'm going to sit next to you. Just going to hang out, me and my pink hair, hanging with you. <laughs> and I have this big kind of odd bag with me, right? And um, I just, I have something for you. And I open my bag and I get it out and I just put it in your lap. This is what you're supposed to do next. Here it is. It could be a big unwieldy object. It could just be a feeling. It could be a word. It could be a symbol. It could be an animal or a plant or a bag of Cheetos. I don't fucking know. But it's this symbol of this is what you're supposed to do next. Pay attention. This, this matters. This counts. And no matter where you end up in life, even in corporate America, it's okay. This is your next step. This is all you need to know right now. And then I gather my bag, minus that symbol, and I leave. And you are free to open your eyes. So, may you, as you listen and as you grow and as you pay attention to the universe's jazz hands, may you know that your work is holy. May you truly believe that you have meaning, your life has meaning, and your work has meaning. May you find your biggest and deepest gifts. May you make peace with the sidecar of shit that never goes away in business. And may you know that your work does not have to be loud to be meaningful. Thank you so much for listening. And I will talk to you next time. Should you have any questions, comments, concerns, feel free to email braincamponline at gmail.com. And yeah, you know, my tech guy still hates my email address. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening. One more time, The Antidote is a series of monthly gatherings to help you come back to your body, your being, and your breath when it's most likely that you'll self-abandon. The Antidote is the antidote to trying to do everything all alone, all by yourself, while you grow more stressed and you're generally freaking out and telling everyone you're fine while quietly or not so quietly, scream sobbing in a private place between tasks. Let's not do that. Let's try something different. This is a really simple format, one gathering a month on the first Tuesday of the month until the 2024 election. So we're practicing the skills that we will need in November now and we're getting really comfortable with body, breath, and being now. And that's available to you at jointheantidote.com. There's a free recording. You can sign up. You can get more details. 
Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy.